Welcome to Come Follow Me, Mental Health Insights with Dr. David Morgan. Each week we'll review a concept from the Come Follow Me lesson and talk about applications to improve our mental and emotional health. Welcome to episode 14. This week we are studying Exodus chapters 7 through 13. And this is the continuing saga of Moses and Aaron and the deliverance of the children of Israel. Um, so you'll remember that Moses accepted the assignment to uh, to be the deliverer, to be the prophet. Notwithstanding his doubts, he had significant doubts about whether he'd be able to do this. Uh, but, but as he talked with the Lord about it, the Lord reassured him it'd be fine, gave him Moses as uh, someone to help him talk. And the two of them went forward. And just a quick reminder of the pattern here. There's patterns all throughout scripture. I love to find them. And, and here's the pattern here with Moses and Aaron and this assignment to uh, deliver the children of Israel. The Lord makes an assignment. We choose to accept. We do our part. And then he helps us. We have to act first. And then the assistance follows. Uh, a lot of times we are under this mistaken belief that someone else is going to do it or that uh, someone else is going to make the first move. That is not the case. Uh, all action needs to begin with us. So in your life, if you're looking for something to change, and this is just an aside, don't wait for someone else to make the first move. I experience this a lot in my work with people as a psychologist, and people get stuck for a very, very long period of time because they are waiting for someone else to change in order for them to change their lives. And I say, don't wait for anyone else to make the first move. You make the first move. So anyway, back to the scriptures. So in order to influence Pharaoh to get uh, to have these the children of Israel released, his massive army of slaves, the Lord causes 10 plagues. Um, the first nine are bothersome to Pharaoh, but he does not relent. And the first nine plagues are in order. The river was turned to blood. There was an infestation of frogs, infestation of lice, infestation of flies. There was a disease that caused all their cattle to die. Uh, people got boils on their skin, which sounds horrible. There was hail, which destroyed their crops and locusts, which ate what was ever left, and then darkness as well. Throughout this whole time, Pharaoh remains stubborn. He doesn't like it when the experiences are happening, but when the experiences end, he kind of returns to his previous position. Um, in chapters 7 through 11, the same concept is repeated multiple times. Things like, and Pharaoh's heart was hardened, or and Pharaoh hardened his heart, uh, different variations of that. To harden our heart is the opposite of what the Lord has asked us to do, which is to have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. One is proud and the other is humble. So this idea of having a hard heart is just a, it's a tough way to live life. And Pharaoh was quickly painting himself into a corner by doing that. The tenth and final plague is the one that ultimately got to Pharaoh, and it was where all firstborn males were killed. Uh, now, again, looking for patterns, surely this is a type of the Savior, who was the firstborn of Heavenly Father and the Spirit, and the only begotten of him in the flesh. And the only firstborn males that were spared were the ones who, um, the families who followed Moses' instruction. Moses told them to kill a lamb, again, another type of the Savior, and to paint the lamb's dud on to paint the lamb's blood on the outside of their homes on the doorframe in a specific manner. When the destroying angel or whatever it was that came through that killed the firstborn males, when that 
entity got to one of a home that had that blood on the door, uh, it would pass over that home and would not kill the firstborn again. So you have these homes that are protected by the blood of the lamb, and they were the ones that were spared. Another example of the Savior. This act of Passover, literally being passed over by this destroying entity, uh, was to become an annual ritual, Moses told them. And we read in Exodus chapter 12, verses 23 through 27, For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians, and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. And ye shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass when ye be come to the land which the Lord will give you, according as he hath promised, ye shall keep this service. And it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, What mean ye by this service? Then ye shall say, It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. And the people bowed the head and worshiped. It's interesting how Moses was already forecasting. He was saying centuries from then, when we're still doing this ritual, people are going to say, why are we doing this? This is really weird. And he says, it's to remember the good things the Lord did for us. Once the Israelites got settled in Canaan again, it was probably just a few generations later when there was no living memory of the bondage in Egypt it just became stories at that point, but they needed to remember the good things the Lord had done with them. So let's talk about this concept of remembering. Um, we do it every week as we have the opportunity to partake of the sacrament. We, as we listen to the prayers, it is done in remembrance of the body and blood of the savior. Um, Spencer W. Kimball in 1968, he taught the following. He says, when you look in the dictionary for the most important word, do you know what it is? It could be remember, because all of us have made covenants. Our greatest need is to remember. That is why everyone goes to sacrament meeting every Sabbath day to take the sacrament and listen to the priests pray that we may always remember him and keep his commandments, which he has given us. Remember is the word. So how does remembering help us with mental health struggles? Um, I think there are two. There's probably many ways I can think of two right now that I think where, where it's beneficial. First is gratitude. Um, it can be easy to get caught up in our current difficulties um, and not remembering that there are good things happening as well. Our daily lives are always going to be a composite of positive and negative, 100%. I don't think we're ever going to have a day that is completely negative or completely positive. Now, the relative balance of positive and negative is always going to vary. And for sure, there are days when one side very much overwhelms the other, either positive or negative. But if you look hard enough, you can find the other, the other part of it. Remembering the positive, especially in the midst of the negative, can have a tempering effect on our trials. It doesn't make them go away, but it can help cast them in a different light, uh, often making them easier to manage. Second, remembering the past, um, remembering past successes can give us greater hope for the present. So a lot of times when people are struggling with mental health conditions, they experience hopelessness, um, especially if they have mental health issues that have endured for many, many years, or if they've tried to overcome their mental health issues and they just can't seem to make any headway, they can start to feel hopeless. Yet in almost every case, we can look back on our lives and we can find a time when our situation was better than it is now, especially if you're in the, if you're in the deep depths of it right now, you can look back on a time and say, I remember a time when things were better. We can have hope 
that we can return to such times as we remember those past times. Um, we can say, you know, I was able to do this in the past, so I'll be able to do this again in the future. And I think that that can help increase feelings of hope. Um, and hope is necessary to move forward. If we don't have any hope, then we won't do anything. And then we um, most certainly remain stuck. And hope is a critical principle of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The, the gospel the, it's the good news. It's all about hope. So here is this week's application. I want you to choose one of the following activities. Option one is to make a list of 10 things you are grateful for. And then over the next week in your daily prayers, thank Heavenly Father specifically for each of those things individually. So in every prayer, thank him, thank him individually for those 10 things. Option two is look back on a time in your past when you have had greater happiness or peace. Consider some of the things you were doing at that time to help your situation and then make a plan to do something now that can help your, your situation that's happening right now. Thanks for listening. And until next time, this is Dr. David Morgan reminding you that change is possible, but change requires action and to always keep moving forward. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more, please visit Dr. Morgan's website at www.ldspsychologist.com.